What's going on, everybody? This is the Fee to Embiid. I am your host, Austin Krell. So, we have two games to go over. Last uh, uh, Saturday, this, this yesterday's win against the Pistons in Philadelphia, and tonight's performance against the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. We're starting out with the Pistons game. Detroit came to Philly after the um, having won the first game of the season series. Uh, Blake scored 50 in that one, and they won that one by a point in overtime without Ben Simmons. You thought this. You thought this was gonna be a revenge game for the Sixers, and it really was. They were up by as many as twenty four, I believe. Yeah, twenty four, um, and they won the game by ten overall. Embiid in the first half had thirty two points, and it was just absolutely dominant. It was a Wells Fargo Center record for most points in a half in a first half. That is. And he really led the way for the Sixers with 39 points overall and 17 rebounds to go along with one assist and two blocks. Um, Ben Simmons was really a non-factor. He had nine points, five rebounds, five assists, five steals. So I guess a non-factor is not a fair way of putting it. He just didn't really do things that you would want your young superstar point guard to do. Dario Saric is sort of crossing into that territory where you're worried about him because he's continued to struggle against the Pistons. He shot uh, 2 of 6 for 5 points. So not a really big impact there. Uh, Rocco... Really, the you know identical identical stats, Embiid again with the masterful performance owning Andre Drummond, and then Fultz had four points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. He is a th- is sort of a trend or a theme with Fultz in that, even though his scoring clearly is not there yet. He does make these second half energy plays, or not necessarily second half, but these energy plays overall that get the Sixers going. In the, in the second quarter, he blocked a shot attempt by I want to say it was Ish Smith, and then saved it from going out of bounds as he was falling out of bounds. It made it a fast break. It led to a Covington three. And it sort of just got the Sixers going and got the, the Wells Fargo Center on their feet. Mike Muscala uh, had his, really his um, his biggest game as a Sixer with 14 points, 4 rebounds in 26 minutes. Um, Wilson Chandler made his Sixer debut. He committed 4 fouls very fast and... You would, I would argue that he didn't really have enough time to get himself going, which is, I think is a very fair argument. Um, but would have liked to have seen a little more out of him, but you're just trying to get his legs back under him. Then you have a, and then Amir Johnson, uh, six points in 14 minutes. Uh, continues to commit a lot of fouls, three fouls in those 14 minutes. Landry Shamit was excellent. He had 11 points in 19 minutes. 
couple of three balls. Um, and then J.J. Redick had 16 points on two of six from three. So th- I think the overwhelming sort of statistic of this game is that the Sixers went to the free throw line 51 times. I haven't seen them do that in two years. So clearly, they're not shying away from contact. Clearly, they're getting to the stripe. And the majority of it is Joel Embiid. He shot a career-high 23 free throws, made 18. He only took 18 shots to get to 39 points. So he continues to dominate. And it really is very evident that they are... That the Sixers are... On, they're all on top of his back. He's carrying this entire team, and it's, I don't, I don't know how long it can go for, but really, it's not what you want to. See. I mean, it's you know, it's wonderful and it's exciting and it's entertaining to watch him just dominate and destroy people, because we haven't had a player like that since, probably you'd argue Allen Iverson, but the issue is with his health and his size and his conditioning. You want to get the most out of him you can in this season. And if he has to win every game by himself, he's going to get tired out really fast. So I think that someone's got to step up sooner rather than later so that way they can take some of the pressure off of Embiid. Spacing continues to be an issue for the Sixers. They shot 9 of 29 from 3 for 31%. Um... And they led by as many, you know, as I said, they led by as many as 24. But then one of the biggest themes from the last two seasons is that the third quarter continues to be a spot where they either melt down or destroy teams. And the last couple of games, it's been a meltdown. They led the Pistons by, I think, 22 going into halftime. And then the Pistons made some huge strides in the third quarter. And then they got to within five in the fourth quarter. And the Sixers eventually pulled away. But it's getting to the point where it's a concern that they're still having these blown leads in game after game after game. And it means that their stars and their big-time role players are not able to take long breaks or take entire quarters off and get rest. And it's also an indication that the bench can't hold a lead and the bench isn't strong enough to compete against an elite team. And you need depth in the NBA. So that's concerning right now. Um, turnovers continue to be an issue for the Sixers, despite year two of them really, for the majority of working together. There are some new pieces there, especially young guys. And there is a new assistant coach in Monty Williams, who they're trying to sort of fit in and understand his ways and sort of get that going. I think that chemistry will form and eventually their defense will be absolutely fine. And you even look at their at their statistics overall for defense and they're not really playing as bad of a defensive game as it looks. Um they are in the top uh they're ranked number 11th in the NBA and defensive rating with at 106.6. Um they are Actually, a really mediocre steal team. In that they only average about seven steals a game, which sounds like a lot, but it really isn't. Um, in terms of blocks, they're about average at five point six. Um, but 
again, you see that the, the turnovers are killing them because they're giving up eight, uh, 18 points per game off turnovers, and that's good for the bottom 10 in the NBA. Another area where they're hurting a little bit is, or really a lot, is second chance points. They give up 15 second chance points per game, so that's got to be... Um, that's got to be an adjustment made. It's surprising that they're not giving up many points off a of fast break. Only 12 a game, which is top 10 in the league, which is a shocker because I would have thought that with the amount of turnovers they commit, they would give up more points, but apparently not. So Sixers win against the Pistons to move to 6-4, six 6-0 and four, six and oh at home. Um, and B continues to dominate. And he continues to dominate Andre Drummond. Drummond only only had f- eight points, nine rebounds, and five fouls in 21 minutes of play. Took him out of the game really, complete, really, really completely. Then they went to Brooklyn. And it was ugly, really ugly, from, ha- after, from the, the start of the second half onwards. So the biggest thing in this game that continues to be a theme is the turnovers. They set a season high with turnovers, with 28 turnovers in this game, which is a high for them for the last two years. So that was abysmal, and that really crushed them. Um, The Nets scored 39 points off of uh, the Sixers' turnovers. Um, They scored 16 fast-break points to the Sixers' eight. And they scored 70, 70 points in the paint. And those turnovers led to, the, led to the Nets taking a whopping 40 shots more than the Sixers. You're not going to win any games if you're getting outshot by 40 shots. It's, just, it's ridiculous. It's unheard of and it's unacceptable. Sixers lose by 25 to a Brooklyn Nets team that has no really featured players. Um, and it really was not pretty by, by any stretch. Nets pulled away in the, in the third quarter. They went on. Uh, they, they, the game was tied at sixty-one. They went on an eight-nothing run, and they really started to blow the doors off after that. Sixers cut up to about fourteen, and then the Nets stomped on them, putting it away, leading by as many as I think uh, twenty-six, twenty-seven. Um, but really, the Sixers beat themselves. My guess is they came in thinking that they were just going to get handed a win. It's a, a bad Brooklyn team, and the Nets came out and punched them in the mouth, and that's and that's what happened, and they couldn't really recover. The Nets are not a good defensive team, um, and they're certainly an, an, you know a, a mediocre offensive team. They can shoot the three point shot pretty well. They did that tonight, making nine threes to the Sixers four, um, but but you know they're they're a tough physical team, but they really don't have much, they don't have a lot of skill players. And I think the Sixers came in, underestimated them. And this was the first time this year where you really felt that underestimation because the Nets came out and, and they whooped them. Um, and I think it's a little bit of that. I think that the Sixers, are, you know, it was, it's, it's been five games in seven, in seven days. They played at home against Atlanta on Monday. <clears throat> then immediately flew international to Toronto. For a back-to-back, had off till Thursday, came back and played the Clippers in Philly. Then 
yesterday played the Pistons in Philadelphia, then took the train to New Jersey uh, to Brooklyn to play the Nets. That's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of hotel stays. That's a lot. That's very few nights in your own bed, where you're comfortable. So they're probably so they've got to be exhausted. And I'm not making that excuse. I'm just saying that it's it's understandable. But it's something that should have been avoided. It could have been avoided, and needs to be avoided because that's how that, that that's the that's the way the league operates. Every team's going to have those kind of stretches, um, but. A big problem in this game was I don't know how you have a guy like Embiid who is just dominating everyone this season and you only get the ball to him for a value of eight shots. He took eight shots today, uh, made four of them. He shot eight of ten from the free throw line, had 16 points, 15 rebounds, four assists. I don't know why when the when the bleeding started for this team in this game, why they didn't go say, okay, we're going to reset, we're going to go to Embiid and get an easy bucket and get ourselves back into this, just make a little run. They kept settling for outside shots. They kept committing turnovers. They kept, turn, they kept turning the ball over before they could even get, to M, could get it to Embiid, and that really killed them. Um, Simmons had a nice game, 20 points on 8 of 11 shooting. 12 assists, sorry, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 4 steals, 4 of 9 in the free throw line. That needs to improve. Markel Fultz seemed very out of it tonight. 9 points, 4 rebounds. Um, shot 3 of 8, 1 jumper. That was just horrendous. It, it, it uh, smacked off the bottom of the backboard um, from distance, but it was a catch-and-shoot shot that he missed, and he has no problem making the pull-up ones. So that tells you that He's not comfortable with catch and shoot, and therefore he's not a shooting guard yet. That's even more evidence for my theory. Um, Shamit had 12 points in 28 minutes, and Reddick had um, 15 points in 27 minutes. Um, Reddick continues to be inefficient from three. Maybe missing a lot. He's taking a lot. But, again, he's an amazing shooter. Um but it's just obvious that with the that with having have him running off of ball off of um off of dribble handoffs and ball screens and how everything's a misdirection for him. He's running, he's and he's running so hard to get around and get himself open, he's exerting effort trying to get to the ball, and that in turn is leaving his shots off. And it's and it's probably exhausting him. So they need to get him some help in terms of shooters. Covington had four points, was really a non factor. Charge had a nice game, fourteen points. In twenty five minutes on on a three of six shooting, um, but outside of uh, Reddick and Shamit, there was no bench. Mascalas did not score at all. Amir Johnson had three points. TJ had two. Corkmaz had had two. So this game was all about respecting the opponent and being mature enough to not take a game off and just think you can get away with it by doing that. This game was turnovers. This game was um, sloppiness. It was execution. And now you have to go to Indiana and try to win a game in Indiana. Um, and this was this was your a chance to get a, a, to get a, a good road win. It's a not-so-good team. You faltered, and you did not get that road win. Now you have to go to Indiana and try to get a road win against a, a much better team. Um, so overall... With the f- this first portion of the season coming to a close, 
Um, we're now 11 games in with 71 to play. Uh, I wanted to sort of do like a, a, a look back on what they've done so far. I think overall I'd give this team a C, uh, a C flat. I think you know the the teams that they've beaten, Orlando, Chicago, Detroit, um, Atlanta, Charlotte, um, Los Angeles Clippers. So all teams that are not good teams. Their five losses, Detroit, Brooklyn, um, Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston. So three to four of their five losses are against contenders and against elite teams in the Eastern Conference. So that puts the Sixers above the bad teams, but below the elite teams. So that means that they're at about good, but not... Not a, not a serious threat, which is not where you want to be. You don't want to be a 45-win team where you're good, but you're not going to threaten anybody who's big time. Obviously, they have a long way to go this year. They have a lot of time left, of course, um, but they're not where they need to be yet. Um, that, that's pretty obvious. I think going forward, they need to look at, you know, they need, they need to stop overthinking things. Start thinking in the moment of just what do I have to do to make this play to complete this pass to get the ball to the open shooter and stop trying to do too much and by doing that they'll cut down off turnovers that'll reduce the fast break points um, at opponents points off turnovers and then the games that they're losing they won't lose anymore they'll start beating the, good, the better teams um, but I think also you need to sort of be aware that this Fultz lineup can't last much longer with him as a starter because it just isn't working right now. Um, and Reddick's worthy and deserving of being a starter on this roster. And it was the best five-man starting line, uh, the best five-man lineup of all the lineups in the NBA by over a hundred points total. So um, there's evidence that that lineup works, and I think that lineup needs to be revisited. So. And then I would say defensively, you got to learn to play without fouling. You got to learn to protect the rim and to not just put it all in on Joel Embiid to do it himself. He's really doing a lot of the, all the rim protecting himself. You got to stay in front of your man, um, and you got to communicate and talk and be in in sync, switch, uh, hedge. You know all that stuff they have to do a better job of because their defense, although it's not awful, it could be better, it should be better. Um, I think they need to add a shooter, whether it be via free agency or trade. They need to add a guy like Kyle Korver or Channing Frye, somebody who's on a non-contender, older, won't require a lot of minutes, but can get you a bucket from the perimeter because if they can just, if they, if they can just stretch the floor, they will absolutely help themselves and help Ben Simmons and you'll and it'll be transformative for this team. So with that, um I I'm I'm gonna wrap it up. Um again, the Sixers drop a a, a really an ugly game 
a disappointing game for them to the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn, 122-97. to They'll play the Pacers in Indiana on Wednesday, televised nationally on ESPN. Before I sign off for tonight, I wanted to say a couple of quick words from our sponsors. Do you like shotgunning beer? You want to increase your shotgunning time at parties? Go check out our boys at the King Cobra. The King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It's also a bottle opener, tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. Check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. Cobra with a K. For a 10% discount on all Cobra products, enter the code TRUSTTHECOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. And with that, the feed to this presentation and its name is protected by U.S. copyright laws, reproduction, and distribution of the feed to Embiid without written permission of the sponsor is prohibited. Copyright the feed to Embiid 20, uh, 2018. Again, the Sixers will be in Indiana on Wednesday. We'll be right here for post-game coverage once the, once, once the fourth quarter comes to an end. Thank you for tuning in.